everybody, welcome to Talking Minds. Um, I was going to try and do a five minute podcast today, but it's just turned into about half an hour. So here we go. This is my podcast, No Tracy Today. I hope you enjoy it. It's all about the power of not proving. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to this podcast. I'm doing this podcast on my own today um, and it's all about the power of not proving. Um, So what does that mean? Well, it's a little bit of a difficult one and it's one that I'm still actually trying to work out myself. But I remember over 12 months ago, I was always being told, chill out. I was always being told, you know, um, stop trying so hard. And the recent podcast that um, I did with Joanna Bullock about manifestation and the law of attraction actually says that to us, that we should we should not try and force an issue, just allow it to happen and feel. So it's not a cognitive process. It's a way of feeling and knowing that something's going to happen. That's why if you say, I want a thousand pound next week, it's not going to work. You've got to know it. You've got to feel it. You've, not, you've got to know it's going to happen. So... So just going back to the the power of not proving. What do I mean by that? Well, let's let's look at it historically. Let's look at our environments that we live in now. Let's look at the environments that we've had over millennia. Let's look at our politics. Let's look at our constructs within society. Many religions might have a rite of passage where you become from a boy to a man, a girl to a woman. When we are born, we don't do anything but just do. You know, we we know that when we're in the womb that it's nice and warm, we're getting fed on tap. There are no expectations of us, we're just a baby. And then we're born. <coughs> Excuse me. And then again... There's no real expectations of us, even up to the age of one or two, when we start to walk. There's no expectations that we walk. And when we're, when we're children, when we're young children, we're learning to walk, we fall down. We might hurt ourselves, but we just get up and do it again. We don't stress about it. We don't have anxiety. You know, you don't have 18-month, two-year-old children that have got anxiety. It's only when we start to really become conscious when we really start to work out what we need to survive and the imprint that we get from our parents our teachers our family society in general and it may be our religious backgrounds that we then start to look at proving our worth to people and you can apply this to absolutely anything that what do we do? You know, we're, we're at home and we want love and we want safety. And remember that the mind isn't there to make you happy. It's there to make you survive. So when you apply that to the power of proving, what you're doing is, is that the mind said, I need to survive. I need to fit in. We're tribal. We need to be part of the tribe and we need to fit in. But when we're trying to prove to others that we're worthy, when we're finding our place in the tribe, We're taught that we have to prove that. 
it's not an organic process. You know, if you take our education system, there are targets. We have to hit targets. We're so target driven. We're so we don't we don't actually focus on why we do it. We don't focus on what our thing is. We're so statistics driven. We're so linear and so narrow minded in regards to what we're doing. Um, and that's why some genius brands, if we take Apple, for example, uh, Apple computers, well, they're called Apple computers. So there's, there's a point. Um, Simon Sinek tells an amazing story about when he gets the Zoom, which was Microsoft's version of the iPod. Um, and that their marketing strategy was, you know, kind of here's the Zoom. It's got a four gigabyte hard drive and hold this many albums and um, it's our greatest invention that we've ever come up with and Apple's version of that for the podcast was how would you like to carry 4,000 albums around in your pocket and listen to amazing music on the go want to buy one you know I can't remember exactly what it was check it out but the point is is that I'm not an Apple fan by the way I just want to say that um, I think what Steve Jobs has done and the way that he does things is genius but I'm not an Apple fan myself, but Apple knows its tribe. They're very rebellious. They they feel, you know, people who buy Apple computers are generally creatives. They're quite feely. And they have a purpose to what they do. Even Apple will tell you their computers are not the best computers in the world. Okay. There are other companies that make far better computers, but Apple sell a lot of computers at a very extortionate price. Why? Because Apple work on feelings. And this is going back to what I was saying about the power of not proving. Because one of the biggest issues is, is that when we start trying to prove ourselves to others, we want a reaction. We want to gain their approval to get an emotional reaction. And most of the time we're getting that for one reason. Whether it be you want that promotion, I'm going to prove to you that I can do it. Because if I prove my worth to you, then you'll give me the job. And what happens, you work your ass off and you do everything you can and you don't get the job. And you feel like crap. I've said all this work, I've been trying to prove my worth. And a lot of this time we do it subconsciously, we don't even realise... We're doing it. I certainly did do this. I certainly realized that I was having to, I was trying to seek validation from people who I didn't even agree with the way they did things. Um, you know, so I've got a quote that I posted a few times. I don't know who said the quote. He's got Morgan Freeman on the picture. I don't know if it was Morgan Freeman who said it, but it was like, don't take criticism from people you wouldn't go to for advice. But we spend our lives trying to gain that validation from our family, from our work colleagues, from other people that we look up to and say, they're better than me. They've got more than me. They, they've got position. They've got money. They've got influence. And we spend our time trying to prove to them, I want to be in your gang. I want to be part of your tribe. And all this comes down to the three main things that we know that most people who are struggling with whatever that issue is, whether that's weight loss, whether that's work, whether that's abundance, doesn't matter what it is. It all comes down to I'm not enough. I'm seeking validation. I'm trying to 
prove to you that I am good enough. But you're trying to prove to somebody else that you're good enough when you don't feel good enough yourself. You feel that you have to gain that validation from others. And that if you don't gain that validation, you'll be different. You want to be the same as them. You want to be part of that tribe. And it gets to a stage where if you can't prove, you get to the final stage of where you go, it's not available to me. What am I going to do? I'm stuck. And that's when the mental health issues start. Anxiety, depression. I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. And what do you do? You continue to prove. You continue to go, I'm going to prove them wrong. They're wrong. I'm going to prove them that I'm right. And you just put more pressure, more stress on yourself when the actual why you're doing that. When you look at why am I spending all this energy? Why am I spending all this time just trying to prove to other people that they don't probably don't care? They probably don't care. Because they're on their own journey. They're probably not feeling enough themselves. They're probably feeling different themselves. They want to get to the next ladder. In whatever that is in their lives. So the power of not proving is really about saying. What is my why? Why am I here? And if you don't know what your why is, that's absolutely fine. But some of the best advice that I got given when you're looking for your why was. When you were a kid, when you didn't have a care in the world, what did you love doing? Did you like creating? Did you like doing sport? What was it that gave you that buzz, that kick? What were those moments in your childhood that just made you absolutely ecstatic? Because we often concentrate in the past on what we did wrong. And that's, that causes depression. I should have done this. I wish I'd have done that. I wish I'd have done the other. And then you flip the other way and say, because I didn't do this, because I didn't do that, that's not available to me. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to get that job. I'm never going to get that person to like me. And it all comes down to the simple thing that you don't believe you're good enough. So if you don't believe you're good enough, how the hell is anybody else going to think that you're good enough? You're trying to prove things to people when you haven't even proven anything to yourself. So it all starts with you. And in our last podcast about the law of attraction and manifestation, this is what I really wanted to get out is the fact that you will never attract abundance, whatever you want that abundance to be. For me, abundance is about, am I free? Am I free in my mind? Am I free in my heart? Am I free in my soul? Because you've not just got one brain or one mind. The same neurons that are in your head are also in your gut. That's why you get that gut instinct. They're also in your heart. They're also in your throat. Some people will call them chakras, but they're, they're just other brains. They're just other elements of your body. Your body is as, as a whole is one big energy source. You know, a car isn't just an engine. A car is an engine, a carburetor, an accelerator pedal, seats. They all form a car and without all the bits, they're not a car. They're just an engine. They're just a steering wheel. So you have to think of yourself as a whole being and you have to 
invest in yourself, whether that's in your health, as in getting some exercise. And exercise doesn't have to be bad. It could just be going for a walk. I've just been for a walk now with Willow, my dog, and we were walking down past um, a place local to us, which has got, um, it's an old quarry that's been um, made into a beautiful parkland, and there's a canal that goes behind there. And we were going down there, and we walked past a bit of a llama farm, and the sun was shining. And I just stopped and went, this is abundance. This is freedom. I feel free. The dog's loving it. She's covered in, I don't know what, she stunk, but she was loving it. And that's abundance. Abundance is that that time when you just feel settled, when you just feel right. And it took me back to a time as I was walking around, there was a smell. And it just took me back to a time when I was probably five or six, that same smell. And I was in my great auntie's garden and it was a summer's day. And all of a sudden, I just got a calmness of, I wasn't worrying about anything. I wasn't worrying about school. I wasn't worrying about when I was going to bed. I was just there. I was present. And it's called the present for a reason. It's a gift. It's a gift. And when we're trying to prove, when we're trying to prove to others, what we're doing is we're creating that anxiety. We're creating that stress. So whenever you get that, that feeling that I have to prove to this person or I need to win this argument. Ask yourself why. Say, why am I exerting this energy? What is the reason for me proving? Now, I think there's a difference between proving and having a purpose or having a mission. Because the purpose is not about proving anything. The purpose is a, a feeling. It's about doing something that will get you to the place that you want to be for no other reason that you want it to find that peace that freedom that love and when you work on yourself when you do it that way you will naturally the law of attraction will naturally bring other people other things into your life so you can get that balance it, the universe has got your back but when you start to prove the universe god energy, whatever you want to call it, will kick you in the arse. When you're trying to prove to other people your worth and you don't know your own worth, it will kick you in the arse. And sometimes that process is painful. But when you start to understand, when you start to look and feel and go, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. Ask yourself why. Ask yourself, who am I Serving, who am I trying to prove this to? I haven't got this figured out, you know. I'll still tweet stuff out and go, you need to look at this, this is amazing. But actually, I never do that anymore for validation. I never do that for a reaction. I never do that for likes. You know, if we look on social media, we might post something that who's going to like it. You know, here's my pictures of my holiday photos. Sometimes I, I, I love to be able to post something out and go, Will somebody take something from that? I don't actually care if they like it. I don't want them to react. But will somebody read that and just go, oh, wow, that really touched me. Or, oh, wow, that makes sense. I don't know how many people are going to be listening to this podcast. And frankly, I don't really care because I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just trying to open up a concept that when people aren't feeling enough to ask themselves, who are you serving? Are you serving yourself? Or are you serving others? 
we take this podcast, I've been thinking about doing this for a few days now. I've got no script. This is just coming straight from my head. And I'm not trying to prove anything with this podcast. I'm just trying to work it out myself. I'm having a conversation with you, the listener, to think, is this right? Is it wrong? I don't really care if anybody wants to comment because for me, I believe that the power of not proving gave me the biggest release in the world to know, to know I do not owe anybody anything in regards to trying to prove my worth to them. Because people, do you know what? Some people might not like me and some people might like me, but it's all irrelevant because... I like me and I'm on my personal mission and yes, I am stumbling through that and yes, I am attempting to make sense of the world. But I now know with absolute unshakable certainty that the future will be good. You know, I'm not there yet. Things are going to come and kick me in the arse. Things are going to remind me that, Marcus, you've just try proving something there or you're pushing an agenda that nobody wants to listen to but when you do get that kick in the arse just go that's okay that's okay what have I learned was I trying to prove something to somebody else was I trying to prove something to me do I feel at peace when I've done whatever I've done yes or no is irrelevant you go actually maybe I shouldn't have done that maybe I shouldn't have said that but do you know what? I needed to do that at that time to get that out of my system. And do I regret that? No. Because now I'm not proving anything. I'm just on a journey. I'm not in a race. There's an amazing book um, by my mentor, Marissa Peer, called I Am Enough. And I certainly recommend buying that book. It is an amazing book. Um, and, and certainly has set some of the foundations to my thinking now. But in a lot of self-help books, it talks about being in a race and getting out of the race and stop proving to others your worth. Because there's, there's a part in, in, in the book that talks about, um, talks about roles. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to actually... Just read this out directly from the book because I, I, the way it's written is beautiful. Um, and I just want to read this. So when we're dependent children, we must belong. And for so many of us, when we're not at all sure that we belong, that the people are raising us love, value and celebrate us uh, just for being ourselves, we have four ways that we can behave in order to reassure ourselves that we matter and we are indispensable. Now that can, I'll just stop there, but... That's not just about in the family. That can be in the family home. That can be in the workplace. It can be it can be anywhere where you want to belong. So the four roles that we take on as children and as adults in order to convince ourselves that we are worthy of love and that we're significant are these. So the first role, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this in the order that. I find found this so my own journey. So the first one's the outstanding, so the achiever. So the achiever meets their needs to be indispensable by becoming outstanding at something. So this can be the academic or it can be sports related. 
And if we look back to, say, our tribal ancestors, the person who could spear an animal quicker or build a dwelling or a house faster was always indispensable. And that was why we now look to careers like engineering or sports and things like that as things to go for. They're, 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 they're primal jobs. They create things that allow us to do stuff. But that can now translate into things like um, that child who wanted to get a straight A to make their parent proud or, or win at the sports race or, you know, work past that exam to get that promotion. Our whole society has set us up with this very linear model of how we need to be outstanding. And as our attention grows into adulthood, we take these behaviours from childhood with us. And these can cause immense stress. So somebody who wants to be outstanding, somebody who wants to tick those boxes, we have a really narrow path in which we travel through to do that. And not all of us can fit through to make that journey to be the outstanding one. And we hear so much about celebrities that, you know, either kill themselves or go on to drugs or alcohol. And when we look at their lives, they've got amazing houses, they've got amazing cars, they've got a life most people would love. But they've been chasing this thing about being outstanding. I'm not quite good enough. I'm not quite this. I watched a recent documentary on the BBC with um, Jessie from Little Mix, who was, who'd been bullied for the way that she looked. Beautiful woman, outstanding, talented young lady who just didn't feel enough about herself, even now did not feel enough about herself because she's trying to chase something which the goalposts are always moving. And then the next one I can certainly relate to in my own, um, in my own world. Um, mums are typical of this, absolutely typical of this, and that's the carer. So as a child that learns to earn love, praise and recognition by taking care of everyone else's needs above their own. They will look after their parents, look after their siblings, cook, clean, run errands and do anything to make themselves indispensable to the group. Um, and Joanna talked about this, uh, Joanna Bullock, who um, is my, 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 my business mentor, talked about this and the fact that she just got herself a cleaner. And she felt guilty about that because in our society, you know, maybe not so much now, but I still think it's there that, you know, the mums are the ones that look after the kids and the mums do this and the mums do that and the mums do the other. And again, that puts immense stress on people. But as adults, you know, people who are carers become nurses, um, therapists, they become carers for other people. They give service to others, but they believe that love must be earned chased and worked for and they are often attracted to damaged or broken people or to careers which can be quite toxic and they have this determination to repair and to fix other people other organizations that they feel that they have to give and with this one i always say that this is like breathing if those people spend any time for themselves, they go, I'm being selfish, I can't be selfish, I must serve others. Well, 
if you're not serving yourself, you can't serve others. Because if you were breathing, so for example, if you just gave a breath permanently, it, be, it would become painful. It hurts. You need to take a deep breath yourself. So you get that balance. But equally, if you take a lot from people, eventually that hurts also. So the carer just gives and gives and gives and gives and will just sacrifice themselves for others. And, and the carer will often say, well, I do all this for you, but I ne never get anything back. Um, and they think, well, what am I doing wrong? And they just go through this endless loop of saying, how can I prove I'm worthy of love? How can I prove I'm worthy of getting something back? And the next one, and this is, I'm doing this in a stage because this is how I kind of mapped my own journey from outstanding to carer to rebel. So the rebel is often maybe the youngest child, hello, youngest child, or the child of high, high achieving parents because the other three roles have usually been taken. So in this family, only one person can take the role at a time. You can't have conflict, it won't work. So the rebellious one, the difficult one, is trying to is trying to make an effort to get noticed. You know, they're not the high achiever and they're not the one that's serving and helping others. So they're the petulant one. And they're trying to take the power away from those people in authority. And I think that's really important because if you just take it from a parent's point of view, Yes, you are an authority, but I prefer the word responsibility. So, yes, you have to set ground rules. Yes, you have to set standards that help, but you also need to be empathetic and flexible to understand the, the needs of the other people around you. And, and that's really tough. You know, and... If the rebel doesn't realise what they're doing, it's it's nice to be the rebel every now and again, but it can cause them tremendous stress and unhappiness. And a bit like the carer, they're the one that's going, look at me, I just want some love, I just want some attention, but it doesn't come across like that. The rebel doesn't come across as though they're trying to achieve anything, they're just trying to destroy what's there. And actually, the rebels sometimes are the greatest people that change the world once they become conscious. Once they stop trying to prove to others and they know in themselves that the value that they give to the world is amazing. Rebels are the ones that, that, that change the world. Steve Jobs, typical example. Apple aren't Apple computers. They're just Apple they challenged what a computer was by bringing out the iPad. And when that came out, everybody went, what a load of rubbish, that's not going to work. How many tablet manufacturers are there now? But Apple is still there. The iPad still stands out. That's just, that's just an example, an absolute example. And the final one, the final one really is the sick one. And this is where I found myself after going through the other roles. And so many people love this role that, when they're sick, they can't be attacked. And most of the time, the, the sick people are, are the ones that have nurtured others, but now need that affection. They've got to a, a point that they need attention and time and nurturing. 
And how many of do we? How many of you in your family? I mean, if you're looking at your family or your work colleagues, can you map these roles to? You know, it's the person that's normally saying, "Oh my God, everything's a nightmare." You know, I don't feel well. You know, they they've always got an ailment going wrong with them. They're always saying, "Oh, this hurts or that hurts." Because, they're, again, they're trying to crave attention. They're trying to prove, love me. I need some love. Prove me. But they don't realise what they're doing. And they're the, they're the sick ones. And I'm sure that within your own families, whether that's work families, whether that's your personal families, you can see, you can see these, these roles. There is a fifth role. And the fifth role is the role of not proving the role of not being the carer of not being the outstanding achiever of not being the rebel those roles are created so that we can prove to other people they the mind created those roles when saber-toothed tigers you know roamed the earth but we've changed that saber-toothed tiger now to the exam, the A-level, the degree. But we have so many different options now in our lives that actually just take a moment and look to what it is that you want to prove to yourself. Take a moment to think, what do I love doing? And I mean, truly love doing it. I'm not talking watching Netflix although sitting down and watching TV is fine if you believe that it serves what you need at that time but think back through your life what were those moments of magic when something just happened maybe it was on a beach somewhere with a loved one or maybe it was watching your kids play That magic isn't a cognitive thought. That magic is something that just feels right. And the moment that you stop trying to prove to others and just concentrate on your own journey and concentrate on your own worth, you'll start to find that those magical moments will continue. You'll find that you'll notice abundance in your life you'll notice those moments like I did today that why did that memory of me as a small child pop into my head just from a smell and it was because I wasn't proving I was in a flow state I was out with the dog the weather was nice everywhere was silent I was just in nature and I was in flow and when you're in flow you're not proving anything you're just going along with what the universe has provided. When you stop creating resistance in your life, whether that's in your head or in your body, you'll find things will settle. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go out and try and live your purpose. Absolutely not. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't go out and try and prove things and try things. This is a journey that you will never, ever, ever repeat over. This is a journey where you will fail often, you'll be clumsy, you will mess up, 
and you will attract attention. People will attack you. But the power of not proving is really powerful when that happens because at the point you're living your purpose, when the point you know your why, and people attack you, and you can just say, okay. And you don't feel that you need to validate your actions with an answer. That is the time that you can tr find true peace and serenity. That is the time that when you stop trying to prove who you are to other people, the universe will start looking after you. Now, I'm still playing with this concept and I often find myself trying to prove to people. But the difference is now that is that I'm becoming mindful of it. I'm becoming aware of it. And of course, I'm going to push my agenda. Of course, I'm going to sell the things that I'm passionate about to people. But I no longer do that to seek validation from others. I do that to seek my tribe. I do that to surround myself with the people who share my values, my visions and my aims. Because we are tribal. And when we surround ourselves with like-minded people, we can do amazing things. So I think I'm going to wind this up now by really just saying, just keep going. Know who you are, know your purpose. And if you don't know your purpose, it's fine. But try and remember those times when you weren't proving. Try and find those times when you were a child, when you were in a flow state. Doing whatever it was that you loved, however stupid, crazy or odd that is. And really try and deconstruct that and really try and look at why did that make me feel that way? What was I doing? Was I being creative? Was I being playful? Because the thing that I now know from the therapy that I do is that we never heal the person. We heal the child within. We heal the child that went from not caring if they pooed their nappy or fell over trying to walk because at that time everybody was encouraging you on. Everybody was willing you to take that pee on the potty or, or walk from the sofa two or three steps. And when you did, it was amazing. And we're trying to seek that in our adult lives. But you don't need to seek that in your adult life anymore because you're not a baby anymore. You're not a small child. You're an amazing, fantastic adult. So just try it. Just try to take the power of not proving into your life and know that you're enough because you always have been. You've got this far on your journey and who knows what's going to happen next. I hope this podcast has helped some of you have a think about how the power of not proving is going to give you that abundance in your life, how it can help you lock into the law of attraction because that's what people who are truly happy do. Because happiness isn't about gold, glory or girls or guys. It's about truly finding freedom within. It's truly about finding peace within. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. And please share it. Because actually, somebody might find 
the power of not proving is the way that they can improve their life. So until the next podcast, guys, have a great, great day. Know that you're enough. Know that you don't need to prove anything to anybody other than yourself. Have a great day. If you enjoyed today's podcast, why don't you come and join us at facebook.com forward slash talking underscore minds. And don't forget to give us a little like. Thanks very much for listening. See you soon. Thank you.